Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast celebrating the radio show turned podcast Too Beautiful to Live in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me, all of our lady hosts from across this country will start in Everett, Washington, with the nice lady, Christy Wise. Good morning, Christy. Good morning. Then to New Brighton for Anne Has Friends and Lundholm. Good morning, Anne. I do have friends. <laughs> <laughs> I think I forgot to say uh, Minnesota, New Brighton, Minnesota, but I think everybody knows that by now. Then down to Dallas. It's a Dateline city, so I don't have to say Texas. Dallas for all the way mayhem. Good morning, Meredith. Good morning, Bobby. We're going to do your TBTL week in review, starting with some quick must-discuss LRB business. After the week in review, we'll do your housekeeping and how to get involved. Uh, A note before we jump into our LRB business, um, Mike is... Uh, tied up with both house hunters and I believe his mother-in-law on this Mother's Day recording edition of Little Red Bandwagon. So uh, no Mike this week, but um, they are quickly on their way to Kyle, Texas in the next couple of weeks, and we'll keep you all posted with that. Uh, Christy, you have some hashtag wedding chat business for us? (laughs) Um, Just that our invites went out and we put the wrong city. (laughs) (laughs) That's to keep everyone from showing up. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. found an effective way to keep costs down. Nobody else gets there. <laughs> yeah. I did find out two bits of information um, about my mother, which is pretty interesting, that she brought a thermos full of wine <laughs> to the wedding. Are we surprised? <laughs> well, I thought we, were go- we went to dinner afterwards at a place that sells wine. So <laughs> I am a little confused. But this is probably her Franzia favorite, right? Maybe, she had to take it with her. Maybe. It is Franzia, so yeah. Are Franzia you telling favorite. me you didn't go to dinner at a taco time after your wedding? <laughs> you went somewhere that serves wine. That's pretty exotic. No. Well, and the and the ceremony was only maybe 20 minutes that she, was, she would have had oh, to be no. without wine. So, um, and then secondly, um, I think I put the screenshot in the other chat but um she never uses facebook she i had to block her years ago because she didn't know how to do it and she was being like pretty rude (laughs) about my posts and then also she thinks she's doing private messages when she's putting it on Uh, you know the classic mom thing that happens when they first join so she never uses it but on my wedding day she thought it was appropriate to reach out to my ex-husband and be posting on his Facebook page of like, I miss you. I'm thinking about oh you. Oh my I love God. You. Let's get together. What? <laughs> yeah. They haven't talked in years. It's so Did weird. Did he respond? Did you see? Yeah. He was like, Yeah, let's get together. I miss you too. Uh-huh. How full or empty was the thermos when she decided <laughs> yeah. to do that? I have no idea. My sister said, Oh, mom's been talking to Casey. And I said, Oh, haha. That was like before. So it must have been early in the day. Yikes. So she was still. From the night before. I guess so. <laughs> uh, well, sorry to hear about your invites, but they're beautiful, yeah, by they the are. way. Yeah, they are. <laughs> and if you didn't get one, don't show up. Right. Yeah, don't show Written invitation required. Don't show um, up to the venue that's not actually in Everett. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I, um, what I've, co- the, the moral is don't approve proofs on your phone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've learned that lesson at work, but it's never been for a wedding. <laughs> yeah. I should give a quick uh, pup date. Um, oh, yes. We're having oh, a hard yes. time uh, figuring out what to do with Eddie while Duff's working outside. So he's in here in his crate with me, and he's not happy about it. Oh, so I apologize. Just... 
yeah. spoke up on cue. Yeah, he did. He's got a bully yeah. stick and toys in there and a Kong, but he's a little pissed off. So I apologize in advance if, if he's uh, noisy. You should just put him out on a uh, soccer netted portion of your porch. <laughs> <laughs> see how that goes we tried that he jumped right over it (laughs) uh and do you have a stats update for us or do you want to hold off a week because i don't we didn't actually ask before the show starts so i have no idea oh no i'll give a quick status update uh we haven't uh, had a status update in two weeks and so in the last two weeks i've had 15 new friends which, guys, takes me to a 98.98 percent increase in friends i need one more friend. <gasps> One more to friend. To be doubled. Come on, somebody, throw me a bone here. I'll log on to my husband's and make him uh, make him. <laughs> I was gonna say Jamal's gonna go. <laughs> That's great. Congratulations. Thank you um, very much. This is like a pyramid scheme. So everybody who friended Anne, go get three of your friends to friend Anne, and then get three of their friends each to friend <laughs> Anne. And before should... you know it, she'll have more clout with a K than any of us. <laughs> I should see who she's friends with and, and just we can start calling people out by name. Great. We could thank three people a show. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't have any updates uh, other than that we just drove back from a weekend, a short weekend of camping out on Cape Cod. And I'll have more on that when we do Friday's recap because for the first time ever, Sam actually listened to some of TBTL. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll do that when we get there first starting with monday episode 2110 the less you know an episode that was punctuated with a backmasked version of the the more you know sound effect <laughs> over and over and over again it sounded not that different from the regular one i thought just slightly worse yeah <laughs> yeah still earwormy um luke over the weekend went out to friday harbor that's the san juan island right yes uh, and he's still working on that boat race to Alaska story for CBS. Uh, and he had a moment where it was early in the morning and he was out on a dock and everything was pristine and beautiful. And it was his, uh, what's his drink on the balcony overlooking the Hollywood Hills fantasy. It's basically that in nature. And he just couldn't mm-hmm. shut up and enjoy it. Right. He had to check Twitter. Right. Yeah. Uh, I get it. There's a picture of me camping. Uh, yesterday where I have my laptop out next to the campfire because I was taking a break from taking a break. (laughs) We needed to look something up and I had a hotspot with me. It happens. But, um, but that's not my ideal. Like I don't lust after that moment the way Luke does. So I guess this isn't a surprise. We're pretty used to him chasing something unobtainable and then not knowing what to do with it. He caught his tail. Maybe Andrew's right. Maybe that is Luke's, um, perfect happiness is being on the dock with his Twitter. Maybe he should stop fighting it. Yeah. Right. Should we move on to Roomba talk? (laughs) That's the part that really fascinates everyone. Please guys run away with Roomba. You have more notes on it than I do. Um, I just loved that Genevieve said that Andrew's perfect job would be to be a Roomba. (laughs) I love that Luke turned on the Roomba to have some company. It's like, um, do you remember, does it, did anyone watch Parks and Rec where, um, when Randy put the, uh, uh, like a iPod on top of a Roomba? No. He made like a little robot, a dancing robot, which was just a Roomba with a, <laughs> <laughs> like a Bluetooth speaker on top of it. Uh, that's just another show that I 
really haven't watched. I tried to watch the first season or so and then just lost track Oh, of you time have to get past the first season. That's what everybody says. Yeah. yeah. Someday. Yeah. Maybe one of these weeks I'll have you guys write me a definitive list because part of my yeah. problem is that I'm stuck between hay bales. I need like a pecking order and I need two lists. I need a I have time to sit and concentrate list mm-hmm. and a I'm doing work or screwing around on my laptop, but I want to watch background TV list because I end up just watching reruns of Bob's Burgers when (laughs) I have, you know, just background time. I'll make you that list. Please do. Uh, We'll take input, guys. LittleRedBandwagon at gmail.com or the Facebook page. Tell me what to watch. Don't tell me Game of Thrones. It's never going to (laughs) happen. There was a study done. Was it a study about the biggest loser? Losers? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Winners? Losers? I think you're both on Biggest Loser. Um, talking about how it's really hard to keep all that weight off. Lady scientists, do you have a way in here? Um, I just thought it was interesting. It, uh, it obviously shoots your metabolism to do such an extreme weight loss so quickly. Um, and it also doesn't seem like a sustainable way to, to be in shape. So well, also they did a lot of cheating. Yeah. Um, well, it's not cheating, but what they would do is um, drink like gallons of water right before a weigh-in to skew Oh, so then or starve themselves right. for days. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So they so one week they would drink a bunch of water to weigh heavier, and then just like starve themselves the next week so that they would have like a huge weight loss. Mm-hmm. Be totally dehydrated when they get on the scale. Yep. It was right. kind of heartbreaking dying. though that like now they they're pretty much never going to be able to lose weight. That was just really sad. Right, because they've broken themselves yeah. internally. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if I can talk about it from a scientific perspective, but. On a personal level, I got about 45 minutes worth of discussion on this, but... <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch the show, Anne? Uh, I watched a little bit of The Biggest Loser. Not a whole lot, but uh, I have the exact same thing where I lost a fair amount of weight. I mean, not Biggest Loser levels of weight. Mm-hmm. And every time the weight loss slowed down, you know, I cut something out and I cut something out or I exercised more and I got to the point where my body just couldn't sustain it. And when I finally stopped trying to eat like I was a French model, the mm-hmm. weight just, I gained like um, 20 pounds in three months and I wasn't eating nearly enough food to gain that kind of weight. And so, oh, it's, that's, that's rough. And for people that lose so much weight, then to put so much of it back on, it's, it's terrifying when you've lost mm-hmm. weight. Um, if you put, if you go up a pound or two, a lot of people think, ah, it's just a pound or two. But for those of us who've lost significant amounts of weight, it's like the first sign of the weight apocalypse coming like, oh no. So I can't imagine what those people go through psychologically putting, you know, a hundred pounds back on. Well, and and for it to be so public. Mm -hmm. Right. It's on national television and everyone is looking at you like, oh, you inspired me. And then Oh, you gained back a hundred pounds. Yeah, and that guy, the um, Danny Cahill. I actually watched that season. Uh, who was the winner that season? He was kind of the focus of the article. And he was really lean and trim and looked just fantastic. If you care about that stuff, at the end of that process, and now he's back mm-hmm. up to um, three hundred pounds or thereabouts. I do remember a story that he was talking about when he was so big, and when he would try to take a shower, he couldn't wash his back and so he would have to squirt soap on the wall of the shower and then kind of rub his back in it and that was the way he got clean so he was clearly living a life that was not optimal for him and then to get into a much better place and to lose that is just heartbreaking 
But he's not back to his original. No, way. no. I think he he kind of went maybe half to two thirds of what he weighed. Oh. Right. It, that's you have to look at everything relative. I think all the people they talked about, it sounded like a lot of them gained a lot of weight back, but not. They didn't lose all their ground mm-hmm. because I mean they were clearly an unnaturally above their fighting weight right. when they started, mm-hmm. but they skewed themselves so far off that I mean that probably is their new natural for better or for worse, for health reasons. Like I'm a bigger guy and I would like to get lower. I recognize that I might never be as low as I want to be just where I sort of am leveling off, but I'm also worried about heart health. Like it's (laughs) not so much about what I look like or, you know, how big I am physically, whatever, but like, I want my body to keep functioning properly. And that's the really sad part to me because I don't care if you're, you're plump, (laughs) but you know, I'm worried about long-term longevity health stuff. Mm -hmm. And I would say the other thing about being heavier is that your flesh just gets in the way. I notice it when mm-hmm. I have more weight that just it's it's um it does affect sort of everyday movement. Yep. Anyone who's seen mm-hmm. the pictures of me and Jeremy going down a water slide together <laughs> can attest to the horrific nature of that. Um, speaking of things that look like disasters heather (laughs) brought us the the dump song that she didn't realize but i think it was later revealed was a a punchline to a joke about the lone ranger going to the Mm -hmm, dump mm -hmm. i didn't grow up with this i've I've never heard it before but the minute i heard it of course it sounded normal i think i had heard it i think that was i had heard it too yep Mm -hmm. okay i know it wasn't my dad because my dad is not the kind of dad that tells dad jokes or sings dad songs but i heard it somewhere right Christine, no dump song. Oh yeah, I that, and then the where you would sing it to the Pink Panther theme song too. Oh yes, oh. <laughs> all of this is lost on me. <laughs> Just like Stephen King talk was lost on me. I mean, I like The Shining. I like the movie too. I think Stephen King's an idiot for not appreciating the art that is the movie The Shining. But uh, the rest, I of also it- I liked the version that he did too with the guy from Wings. <laughs> it was just very different. It's hard to take it seriously when it's prefaced as the guy from Wings. <laughs> I used to rifle through my mom's bookshelf when I was a kid, and I wound up on Misery when I was about eight. Oh, <laughs> such a good <laughs> book. It's a really bad idea. Yeah, that gave me nightmares scary. for years. I, uh, I my think... mom had a shelf. Sorry, Anne, go ahead. Oh, I, I think that I agree with uh, I th- what Luke and Andrew said, I forget which one it was, who said that Stephen King essentially is a great storyteller, but I don't necessarily think that he's a great writer. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. And I always wondered, is is Stephen King one of these authors who really writes everything 100% from scratch? Or is he one of these writers that will, will co-op or backdraft an idea from someone else? Because he just, he's so prolific. I mean, how do you turn out that much writing? I don't know. I don't know, but all his books seem to focus on writers from Maine. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's true. Suspiciously. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, my last note from Monday hit me close to home. This is listener Ethan writing in, asking for advice on hosting trivia for his office mates, uh, 20 to 40 people in a work environment. Um, and I have to say, although I was annoyed, you guys listened to the episode before I did and let me know that this was coming. I, uh, I was bothered because if he's a Little Red Bandwagon listener, I'm crushed he didn't come to us instead of TBTL, as I am an actual trivia host. And we talk about it actually a lot. I, I talk about it a lot. Um, 
The advice actually was pretty good, though. Lean on music. Keep the tempo up. The only other thing I would have added uh, was if the crowd is right, be self-deprecating about the fact that you're in the office. Like, don't mm-hmm. try to pretend you're not. Just own it and make it the most of it. It is a weird situation. Yeah. Does that mean right. there's no booze? My that, office has tons of booze. Okay. Yeah. That's I'm, true. I'm not or, used to that. Ethan, hire Christy to come stock your party. Yeah. Because yeah. she's a pro. Because that would make it a lot easier for the crowd to, you know, relax and for you to relax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I always um, have booze when yeah. doing trivia. I've been called on to do trivia at a wedding reception uh, during that time when the wedding party is kind of out taking pictures and everybody else is just mingling around and eating appetizers. Well, that's a good idea. And the the happy medium that we came up with was instead of breaking into teams and sort of putting all focus on trivia, we just put a ton of individual slips of, of uh, you know, answer sheets down. And I would ask one question and then play a song. And everyone who felt like participating could write their name and their answer on a slip and throw it in a bag. And then I would have a new basket or bag for every question. That's a lot and of scoring. The... That's a lot of work. Well, it's actually not because I didn't do rankings. What we did is uh, instead of having first, second, third place, I drew an answer from every question. And if it was right, they won a prize. And oh. If it was wrong, I kept drawing until I get a right one. Good idea. And I did all that at the end. Um that way people could be mingling and paying attention or not. And you could just sort of do it as a casual thing while you were socializing. Um, you know, if you want to be super competitive, like Meredith, I know you play trivia weekly mm-hmm. that you wouldn't interest you as much, but for a lot of people, it's sort of like, this is happening. I'm here play or don't play. So basically if you can get booze in there and everyone can just be partying and drinking. Yeah. That uh, sounds like fun. I would do that for sure. Happy hours down then compete if you want. And you can keep track of your own score. I mean, if you want to get rivalries going at your table, mm-hmm. everyone gets to play independently. So you don't have to focus on teamwork. Basically it's the opposite of what normally happens at trivia or in an office. Right. Everyone's out for <laughs> themselves and uh, try to win a Starbucks gift card or something. Mm. Yeah. So Ethan, good luck. It's probably already happened by now. Yeah. <laughs> Getting out of it wasn't bad advice either. i like it yeah uh christy okay tuesday 2111 that which is already awkward cannot be made more awkward (laughs) which i totally disagree with totally it can always get more (laughs) awkward (laughs) um let's see so they first talked about how faye canali stole a camera from luke years ago (laughs) And now he cannot watch the documentary that he spent a year of his life doing. And I really, really want to watch this documentary because I have a personal connection with the Trachtenberg family slideshow players in that I house sat for them in New York while they were on tour. Wow. And I, wow. ironically, the mom, a dog walker, we watched their dogs. So they <laughs> left their dogs. <laughs> Emma and Rags were their names. <laughs> scruffy dogs. If you Google the Trachtenbergs, you can watch a video, and Emma is in one of the videos. So everyone should watch the videos because they're super weird. The family was really strange. I've never actually met them. I stayed at their house, but my friend's mom was her teacher, the little girl's teacher, before they pulled her out of school to be a traveling music band. I think they pulled her out of school at third grade. Wow. Yeah. It's really weird. And so we got to go through all their house. Their, we went through all their stuff. <laughs> was their house weird? It, their house is super weird. It's just this um, small apartment on the lower west side. 
but it was two floors and they had on the second floor it was just filled with these slides so we looked at all the slides oh. and they were super weird and those are the ones they didn't take on tour with them so i can't even imagine <laughs> but i really want really want to watch this movie he's talked about it a few times because it was a huge thing in his life mm. right christy i have but, a question yes you've house that for a few different people through the years Mm -hmm. Uh, it's sort of fallen in line with your day job at different times and Mm -hmm. uh, people just trust you for some reason beyond me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Should we just assume that anytime someone's house sitting for you, that they're going to rifle through everything you own? Um, Yeah. Well, I don't normally do that. They just had so much weird stuff and I was there with a, with, so it was my friends from college. All there was three of us went to New York to stay while the mom was actually there for three months watching the house. Wow. And we just came for two weeks to do it. Um, and they were like, oh, look at this weird stuff. Look at all these slides. But I would never go through people's drawers or anything like that. Okay. That's good. We're having a house sitter next weekend because Duff and I are both going to Austin to hang out with Mike and Emily. And uh, we, our friend Jared usually comes and takes care of Molly. Um, I don't – there's nothing for him to really rifle through, I guess. But like Jen, I don't really want him going through my medicine cabinet. <laughs> right. Right. He doesn't need to know about your earwax. Nope. Uh, <laughs> Isn't it weird that we had earwax stories twice? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, our, uh, Luke asked the questions, are bachelor's degrees overrated? And I'll have to say, in the Seattle area, no. Basically, a, a BA is like a high school degree. I mean, when I was looking for a job, all of them said BA required and it would be $40,000 a year yeah. kind of job, mm-hmm. which is basically, I mean, anywhere probably in the U.S. it's poverty level, but specifically in Seattle. It sounds like you just, for some jobs, they just want you to have that piece of paper. Just right. to, it's, a, it's a way to weed people out. So in that sense, it is useful. And I also think it's useful from like being a well-rounded human being standpoint Mm-hmm. Um, not just specializing on something and, and you don't know anything about anything else. Like my dad, um, he dropped out of college when my brother was born because my mom had to finish nursing school. So he took care of the, the baby and he finished, we graduated from college the same year. Um, and he just went back to, to get his degree so that he could get the promotion at work that he wanted. It wasn't that he needed the knowledge necessarily. Mm-hmm. He just needed that check that box. Mm-hmm. And I think though, it does depend on the, the career field in somewhat yeah, I mean if you're gonna like, yeah if patrol, you're gonna be an engineer right you need to have a, a degree right. in Texas you know there's tons of oil uh uh oil fields and stuff so if you get a, a BS in I think it's petroleum engineering you can make like 90 grand right out of school with a bachelor's oh, yeah. degree yeah my BA in English didn't come with any 90 degree <laughs> job uh, 90 thousand dollar a year jobs knocking oh mine didn't um, either I think you know, in my world, it's a triage thing for job applications. When I was just finishing up, I actually had gotten a job at uh, w, uh, WNED, the public TV radio station in Buffalo. And uh, to be an administrative assistant in the education department, I had to go to HR and they had to petition uh, a change to the position listing because I was finishing up my last few credits. And because of how strict the HR department was there for equal opportunity and to make sure they were following their own internal guidelines because they got federal money, they had to stop. They wanted to hire me, so they had to stop the job, relist it with a job description that didn't include a requirement for a BA, but instead just made it a preferred. 
and mm. then hire me. And in the time it took him to do that, I was a few credits away from my degree. Wow. Um, just because that was their internal policy. So for that, it was just a matter of jumping through the hoops. Um, I don't think the piece of paper matters so much, but I agree that the sort of the training wheels for life, like mm -hmm. I learned a lot of social skill mm -hmm. and networking in college that I wouldn't have had coming out of high school. Um, and also I went to a high school that was like 98% white suburban kids. And then I went to a college that was full of uh, Middle Eastern students and people from all sorts of other places, lots international. And like, I learned a whole lot more, not just about other cultures, but like how to live in a world with other cultures. Um, and that has served me very well. So the degree didn't matter as nearly as much as the experience. For sure. Um, then Andrew, oh, we talk about Malia Obama's gap year. And I just have, I mean, like Luke said, she's going to be fine. <laughs> but, but if I were her, I would do the same thing. She would lose out on almost a year of living in the White House. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. I mean, the gap years for what? I, I wasn't rich enough to do something like this. But um, sleeping in, traveling, traveling yeah. that kind of stuff. I mean, She'll sleeping in in the White House? Come on. <laughs> She's just going to be smoking weed and playing Hendrix in her room in the residence. <laughs> I bet Harvard has some pretty posh dorms. Just a guess. Oh, I'm sure. Um, I can tell you, not from personal experience being in them, but I, I spend so much time around people who went to Harvard now. Um, it's all about the location. A lot of the actual buildings are fairly run down. Hmm. I know well, we have some Harvard listeners, Harvard-related people. Tell me if I'm wrong, but what you really do is I'm sure Malia would end up getting um, a Secret Service-fortified apartment yeah, somewhere in right. Cambridge. <laughs> and I don't think she wants that. That's the point. Right. Is the, he's talked about how they complain about constantly being followed and having to go to their friend's house with them. She doesn't want her first year of college to be in the tablets, which I totally understand. Mm -hmm. Right. So that that's the best thing for her. Then we get the body shaming email, Ugh. which from the first three Ugh. lines of the email, I know exactly who wrote it. I don't want to give that person <laughs> the attention. I don't. No. Of announcing it. But I thought it was really mean and sad, and I, it made me feel bad for Andrew. My personal opinion is, if Luke and Andrew ask for advice and ask for emails, go ahead. But maybe <laughs> not so much with the unsolicited advice on how to live their lives. Right. Especially if it's mean. I, I get that that email was sent from a... Like, this was not golf man. This email no. was sent from a from a sincere place but mm -hmm. it was just a an f on tone mm -hmm. and um you know these guys take it from all directions it's not this is not uh cairo this is not live radio these guys don't need to be punched in every direction like it or don't but like mm -hmm. <laughs> it was just so tone deaf yeah. the whole thing <laughs> so unfortunate yeah. just uh don't be an asshole he yeah. already feels bad um, enough about his body and his weight. We don't need to make it right. worse. Right. To call Luke like what adorable doughy. Yeah, that <laughs> right. Nice. Luke is not is not no. fat. No, uh, he's not chubby. He's yeah. Yeah, and he last has time, body issues, but that's on that's his own thing. And last time I saw Andrew, he looked fine too. Mm -hmm. Like I'm bigger than both of them, so I'm going to say that pretty confidently. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, I mean. They're both very self-deprecating. It's part of their shtick, and maybe they believe it, maybe they don't. Maybe it's sort of amplified for comedic effect on, mm -hmm. you know, the show. But you don't have to pay into that. 
And also, if Andrew wants to do 100 crunches a day, let him do it. Because it might not make his abs, like, a six-pack, but it strengthens his back. Mm -hmm. And let him do it. Right. (laughs) Stop stop emailing them to tell them that working out is wrong. Makes him happy. He's not going to be a bodybuilder. Right. Right. He didn't jump into powerlifting, you know, deadlifting 400 pounds. Yes, then, like, say, hey, that might not be so good for you. Boy, that would be a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, just a quick to the dazzling donor, the Stanwood Tens, a thank you for name-checking LRB within their yeah. dazzling donors. <laughs> and then Ice and Spoilers, I just wanted to talk about this real quick, is that I'm j- speaking for myself and I think for all of us. I'm not saying that you're dumb for watching Game of Thrones. No. Or that it's terrible. No. I've watched it all the way up until now. And then with their recap, I may watch it because it got interesting (laughs) again. But what I'm saying is that a recap of a recap of a show that we don't watch just seems disingenuous and um, not very nice or productive for people that actually listen to it. Or like that love the show. Mm -hmm. So that's all I had to say. I got some feedback. It's like so. a game of telephone. Right. It, it just... The end product just, is not going to be very... <laughs> right. It's useful, not worth yeah. our time, and it just will make people mad. We get about 10 episodes of West Wing left before I need to move on to a new show from the 90s and early 2000s. Yeah. If anyone needs an update, let me know. I'm done with Tuesday. All right, let's move on to Wednesday, episode 2112, the original Mr. Wendell. Uh, I want to mention that Andrew is starting to make the mixtape for the two St. Paul road trip, and he is so happy about it. He's just so excited. Um, Luke suggests that maybe it should be reserved for ticket holders to the event. Does anybody else feel that this is perhaps not the best policy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I say good luck to that, sir. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like to see you try. Yep. Uh, we start out talking about uh, the album 2112 by Rush, a concept album where the subject apparently is some sort of sci-fi interplanetary war. And Aren't the, they always? Yes. What else is there to talk about? The Rush fans were mm-hmm. on top of it. Shout out to mm-hmm. Eddie in Houston, who is my Facebook friend, for bringing okay. it up. Yep. So um, I, like Luke and Andrew, I'm not a particularly big fan of Rush. I don't uh, have anything against them, but I think my entire knowledge of them comes from TBTL and the Jack Black movie School of Rock. So <laughs> I'm not very qualified to say anything about it, except I went to the Wikipedia page that they were reading from and, you know, they read the synopsis of the um, concept of the album and they left off the final paragraph, which I thought was the most interesting one, uh, which goes, Pert credits the genius of Ayn Rand in the liner notes. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Rand, a Russian-born Jewish-American novelist and creator of the philosophies of objectivism, wrote a novella titled Anthem, the plot of which bears several similarities to 2112. He added the credit to avoid any legal action from Rand. This credit caused the band significant negative publicity, with some <laughs> even labeling them right-wing extremists. 
So, and and then I was like, okay, well, how old were they when they made this album? And I looked it up, and Getty Lee was born on July 29th, 1953, which is the day after my mom. Shout out to Jean. So they would have been (laughs) 22 when they wrote this album, and so that seems about right. right. Yep. Yep. (laughs) That's about when you read that book. (laughs) I don't know if anybody else has thoughts about Rush that might be more trenchant than mine. Um, I only do because randomly this, I was catching up on the Goldbergs, which is a great show. No one watches it. If you were raised in the 80s and 90s, you must watch the show. But they did a, um, the daughter on there started a Rush cover band called Speed Up. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, it's pretty great. So watch that episode, which is. Uh, episode 21 on the Goldberg. Uh, have any of you been to a Rush concert? Mm-mm. No. No. I have. Um, these are the things you'll do for someone you think you're in love with. <laughs> um, it was the Stakes Narrows tour. And if you've ever been to a concert where a band just wants to play all their new stuff and you just want them to play all their old stuff, that was this show. Oh, um, no. Now imagine how moderately at best enthused I was to hear their old stuff only to get stuck with shit I'd never ever heard before. Uh, It was a night. Uh, I was with my then girlfriend and her father who uh, hung out in the parking lot while we went into the concert and got stoned. I mean, he got stoned. (laughs) So did everyone else in the concert except us. Sure. Uh, And coming back, he was so out of it that he was sprawled out across the backseat of the car and I drove us home. And we got pulled over because they like to pull people over leaving Rush concerts. And they just looked at the back seat at this at him, and I said, I'm just trying to get him home. And the cop just laughed at me <laughs> and sent me on my way. Ooh. That's my Rush story. All Not right. bad. I appreciate no. the, the uh, intensity and quality of Rush, but yikes. Mm-hmm. So moving on to the top story of the day. Uh, which is Donald Trump as the presumptive Republican nominee. And I, I have a quick question. Does anybody know the difference between ending your campaign and suspending your campaign? Because Kasich ended his and Cruz mm-hmm. suspended it. Does it have something to do with like reserving your delegates? I think that, well, the it's about a possible brokered convention, which um, Chris talked about a little bit, that if you're suspended, you could still be in the running for a brokered convention. Oh, I thought Kasich wasn't going to give that up. But I'm not sure know. he's got enough. I don't even no. know what's happening anymore. <laughs> no. So as Christy referenced, Chris Hayes, friend of the show, Chris Hayes, joined us to reassure Andrew that everything's going to be okay. And I really enjoy Chris Hayes, but this political talk is something that I have very limited tolerance for. I just, I don't like politics as sport, and I don't like it when the goal becomes to beat the other team instead of to effectively govern the the country. Mm -hmm. So that makes me really want to tune out of all of that. But to give a quick synopsis of what Chris talked about, uh, he asked, what states can Trump win that Romney lost. Um, He said each side starts at about 45% just because we're routinized into our political parties, Uh, that Trump doesn't have the fundraising dollars to compete on this kind of scale, 
Uh, he is disappointed there won't be a contested convention. Mm-hmm. He wants to know if the Republican Party is collapsing. And he references remaking Mount Rushmore as Four Trumps, which I would call <laughs> Mount Trumpmore. <laughs> and he, he did say, that. That, yes, that he has to prepare for the Trump re-education camp in that case Trump wins. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So uh, if... If anybody wants to comment about Trump, please do it now or forever hold your peace. No. No. Boy, those uh, Cubs are at the top of the league. Yeah, yeah. that's weird. <laughs> Holy crap. They're like 20-something and six right now. And Chris has I don't the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, I don't care about baseball at all, but I really hope that they win because I need that to happen. <laughs> A TBTL uppers or oh, downers yeah. or whatever it's called now. Well, we had the very interesting question to Chris, what if the Cubs win, but that means that Trump will also win? Will you take a Trump win if it gets you the Cubs? I can't believe he even struggled for half a second on this. I know. Congress can easily, Congress and the Supreme Court can can stymie Trump pretty hard if they want to. Let the Cubs have the win, right? Oh, no. (laughs) Javi. No, I'm on. kidding. It's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, either of them. Yeah. No. Well, I personally am not looking forward to the rest of the summer and the fall if it is Trump and Clinton, just because of the horrible misogyny that we're all going to be forced to witness, regardless of how you feel mm-hmm. about Hillary. I don't want to have to go through that. So I'm right. sorry, Chris, but I am not going to be rooting for the Cubs. Uh. <laughs> Do we have 30 seconds for another ex-girlfriend story? It just seems to be my thing today. I didn't plan this. I got a text a couple of days ago from a different ex of mine. I only dated her for a few months. She is a Republican. It wasn't going to work. Um, <laughs> but she texted me out of the blue just to say, hey, you must be having a field day with this, a locked-in win for another Democrat in November. And That's I weird. actually sat and thought about it for a while before texting back. And all I wrote back was, I'm actually more sad about the state of America than I am happy about the win for a Democrat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just something to think about. Yeah. A yep. uh, quick run through emails for the day. Um, this is where we had more to the dump song talk from Krista mm-hmm. and everybody else chiming in. We heard about Marissa's nightmare plane story, which she had posted on Facebook. So if you um, want to relive that, which sounds awful, awful. Go look that up. And Anne, not me, Anne, some other Anne, says that hotel coffee pots are breeding grounds for grossness. So if Luke feels comfortable using the hotel room coffee pot, he should not. I don't use those. Do you guys? I don't drink coffee. Mm -mm. I never, ever. um, I always have the thought that if it's a Keurig, it'll be okay, but I still don't get around to using it. Um, I don't know what the last person poured into that coffee maker. (laughs) I've heard of people making soup in those, so I just stay far away. I feel like um, getting dressed and making yourself go out to get a cup of coffee is just how you start the day when you're in a hotel. Yeah. Yeah. I think you just need to give it up at that point. Like, just stop thinking about what's gross in the hotel or just... Yeah, if you think about it too much, you'll just go crazy. Yeah, you'll just never It's probably true that the the pillows are gross because they don't have anything protective between the pillowcase and the pillow. And I even do that at home. Well, it's mostly because my husband has bad allergies, but I have a cover on each of my pillows that goes between the case and the pillow that doesn't let allergens through. And I wish hotels did that. Yeah. 
I just draw the line at things I'm going to be ingesting. Right. <laughs> Even um, hotel glasses. Like, if I'm going to use a glass that's in the room, I'm, I'm going to wash it out on my own. Yeah. Well, I've heard that they, anyway. they spray the those things with um, furniture polish to make them shiny. Right. Mm. So. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> let's. <laughs> Before I never want to stay in a hotel sorry, again. Sorry. <laughs> Thursday is episode 2113, The Funk of 40,000 Burbanks, which is fantastic. <laughs> Great week for names. (laughs) Yep. They start the show with something kind of serious after uh, Luke refers to Stubot as Andrew's work common law wife. (laughs) Uh, He asks Andrew if he ever wishes that he were married, and Andrew says absolutely not, and Luke kind of keeps pushing him on why, and Andrew says, because I just don't, and Luke says, but... This is sort of the pinnacle of relationships, right? And he always wants to be a quote-unquote maximalist. <laughs> and I just thought it was very interesting how he kept pushing and pushing on this idea. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense to Luke that somebody wouldn't mm-hmm. want to be married. Well, also, I mean, just because that's always been Luke's ultimate, but the way he was raised yeah. in this Christian culture and that specific evangelical cult-like thing that's what you strive for he doesn't hold on to much from that but it must be ingrained in him it's ingrained Mm -hmm. uh he is a serial monogamist Mm -hmm. yeah and so we've seen through history that he goes pretty quick from single to wanting to be in a committed relationship and Mm -hmm. you know i think that's probably part of it it's just that urge to reach that that final point with someone right he just always tries to get this out of andrew and i think that he should just let it's it not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine that there's anything less. I mean, I guess it's less official because Andrew and Veeves don't have the piece of paper, but they're essentially what we think of as married. I don't see right. much of a point technically if you don't have kids that you need to deal with. Mm-hmm. Uh, there probably won't be cat custody battles. Although, you know, <laughs> right. you never know. They should just get a cat parenting plan right. in place. <laughs> right. Well, they've they've been together for 15 years now. That's two Luke marriages and one engagement. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you can set this all up legally. Like my dad, my dad's gay and his partner and him couldn't legally get married in Michigan. So they had two pieces of property together. They were beneficiaries of each other, but they also went to a lawyer and set up trusts so that when my dad's partner unfortunately died a couple of years ago, um, it wasn't really a problem at all. Like he could see him in the hospital. They had set that up in advance. He was the beneficiary for his life insurance. They set that up in advance. So you really can do it without being married. It just takes a little bit more work. Mm-hmm. It's not just automatic. Right. Plus, um, Christy, don't gloss over from your notes the pain of gluing that glass back together. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. As if everything you do at a wedding, all the wedding customs have to be undone to be for reversed. divorce. <laughs> See someone with a bag full of frosting piping the cake back together? <laughs> well, I've always said I think that a, a marriage license, which costs $68 here in Washington, should cost at least $1,000 and divorce should be free. Like filing for, because filing for divorce is 275 Why do you know this? Well, first of all, because they gave us a family court divorce court <laughs> pamphlet with our marriage license. Yikes. 
also i've been divorced so i think when when uh we filed i think it was like 190 something but it just it should be at least double the cost of a divorce that's Chris Rock on gun control. Make the guns cheap, yeah. but the bullets really yep. expensive. <laughs> the bullet costs $3,000. Yeah. So think about it. <laughs> All right. Uh, they do an email pretty early, an email from listener Sean regarding the rush discussion from yesterday. And he tells a story about living in San Antonio growing up and riding around in his mom's Ford Tempo listening to 2112 as a child. Uh, he's Obviously, in the military, he said he was in Kuwait when his mom died, and TBTL brought a lot of memories back for him, which I thought was just a really beautiful uh, thing that he said. Yeah, it was really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite part of the discussion was apparently he's in Bahrain now, and Luke kept pronouncing it Bahrain. (laughs) (laughs) If any NPR roots came out. Well, what I was thinking of was if anybody watched How I Met Your Mother, that was one of their jokes, I think, was that Ted always said, Nicaragua. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was such a good show. We got through all this without a Bahraining on my face joke, though. Yeah. Um, I also had a 88 Ford Tempo. We had an 88 it was, Topaz. It's a, they're all basically the same car, yes. like Lou said. It had the weirdest what 80s modern was supposed to be. Like, <laughs> the seatbelts automatically went on. Except when oh, they yeah. didn't have the Except they car. didn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my speedometer went out at one point, And so my miles that I put, thousands of miles I put on that car never registered. So when I ended up trading it in, I got a lot more than I should have. <laughs> the alter- I think I replaced four alternators. It it was just a piece of crap car, but it got me from place to place. What I mainly remember about ours is that it was a red, like a interior? Deep, deep red car with red interior. Yeah, red interior. The vinyl Why? was red. The seat fabric was red. It was all red. Exactly. That's terrible. Ins- I my outside was white though. Okay. But inside the red, it would just look like a murder scene in there. I have an issue with a car that's called a topaz that's red. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Oh. Uh, the other really good observation I think Andrew made it when they were talking about old cars was, why would you name a car the Citation? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I had never I thought of that. Either. No, That's me neither. Perfect. But I can't imagine what the focus grouping was like for that discussion. <laughs> right. Well, it wasn't the Ford failure to yield. Right. So... <laughs> So we move on to our guest. I think they had a lot of great guests on this week. And the one and only Jen Flash Andrews, who, in preparation for celebrating her birthday, went day drinking and then to a movie. And Luke talked about how difficult it is to hit the right balance of um, drunkenness before you go to the movies. And I'm not a big drinker, so I can't really um, gauge what that means. Yeah, I went to see this movie called Deadpool, if anyone's ever heard of it. Mm-hmm. And it was it was at a um <laughs> it was at a movie theater bar restaurant and my brother in law got so drunk that he just passed out. Oh, no. That's the wrong way. <laughs> the one to two beers is the perfect. Otherwise, like Luke said, you get lost in the story, you don't remember what's happening, you pass out. Mm. 
My favorite story was that Jen calls the bathroom at the Guild 45 <laughs> her memory palace. <laughs> it worked. I mean. It did. Yeah, I didn't put it in my notes, but Luke was talking in that whole discussion about how he's starting to have trouble remembering words or remembering things about how he was trying and trying to remember the term tank top. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, oh, my God, yes. And I used to make fun of my mother for grasping at words. And now I'm starting to get to the point where, like, I used to be able to need a word and there it was. And now I need a word and I know it's there and I know that I know it. But it takes me a minute of groping for it. And it's really disturbing. I have the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Bobby, you're going to get a lot worse. Yeah. I know. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Bobby, he's like 22. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's hey. hard sometimes. <laughs> I'm 30, thank you. <laughs> he's 22. I never put a lot of stock into all that aging stuff. But now as I'm rapidly approaching 40, I'm like, oh, my God, this stuff is all happening to me. <laughs> it's terrible. going to start... Doing those brain games, those puzzles mm-hmm. and things. Those don't even work. So we get to granny time, which I'm sure is what basically we're, we were all waiting for as soon as yep. we knew that Jen was going to be on the show. <laughs> and the first thing was so wonderful. She said, don't pretend that you like salad. <laughs> she said, no human being wants a salad. And I, I read the description description of that before... I listened to the show and I thought, oh, come on, Jen. I love salad. And then I listened to her talk about it and I was like, wait, I don't love salad. (laughs) Same. I love when she called Andrew out. He's like, I've been chasing this salad. Yes. Chasing the salad dragon. Because steak on it. I mean, of course. Yeah. Steak and dressing. You're chasing the steak with Gorgonzola and whatever that dressing Mm -hmm. was. Right. That's what you want. (laughs) She's and great. last night I stopped at the grocery store to use the salad bar. And as I was doing it, I was like, wait, now why am I doing this? What am I putting on this? And I made this real extra effort to put a lot of vegetables and kind of hold back on the other stuff. Just to prove her wrong. But I don't think it worked. Because <laughs> you really are just, just eating wrong. it because you feel like you should. Mm-hmm. Right. And she introduced the concept of a true thin which I think is genius. Yeah. She mm-hmm. said her, her father-in-law is a true thin, and these are the people who, when you offer them a cookie, they say, what kind is it? Bastards. <laughs> <laughs> I don't and trust I will, these people. Yeah, the only reason that I will refuse a cookie is, one, if I've already eaten so much that I feel like I really just need to lay off, or two, if it's white chocolate macadamia nut, because then I'm not touching it. But anything else mm. is fair game. Well, why wouldn't it... In the first instance, why wouldn't you just put it in your purse for later? <laughs> well, in my case, I just have a limited option there. I don't always carry a purse. Pocket. <laughs> just Wrap it up in a napkin. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, it goes one of two ways. Either someone offers you a cookie and you take it and it's delicious, or someone offers you a cookie and it's not delicious and you know to never mm-hmm. be friends with them again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what a waste they are of terrible calories. people. Bad cookie. That's oh so yeah, tragic. you take a bite and you spit it out. Yeah. It's a waste of calories. Yeah. Or if or you still take the cookie, the cookie. <laughs> or, or you refuse the cookie and then you think about it the rest of the day. Right. <laughs> I wonder what it tasted like. Was it still warm? I don't want to live a life of regret. <laughs> no. Right. Yeah. Let's not See have any day. cookie regret on this podcast. <laughs> so she moves on to bathtubs, and apparently bathtubs are disappearing. This was news to me. Um, people don't want bathtubs anymore. I'm going to tell you what I did last night. I took a bath. So there. 
I love baths, and I don't think that people use them mostly for getting clean. I think that they're not、um, especially effective for that purpose, but for relaxation,、mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I think that in cities where space is limited, that that's something because they do take up a lot more space. Yeah, and showering in a bathtub is not, that's a treacherous experience. I don't like that. If I had a choice, I don't want to.、Mm-hmm. So our master bath has a tub. And then a separate shower, and that's perfect because you can take a bath and then rinse off in the shower. Because <laughs> you're like, ugh, I'm covered in film. Yeah, I don't know about this funk of forty thousand Burbanks. I mean, my my funk of Woodlandholm is not that much. There were nine、right. people in that family, and a lot of them were children. I suppose、yeah. kids are dirty, yeah, especially boys.、Hey. Oh yeah, I um, I. Constantly have this thing where I clean because we have the bathtub shower situation, which is all like you said, a little precarious because if someone's been in it and there's soap, yeah, it and then you're slipping, and there's sides, yeah, like, angled sides. Like <laughs> I'm constantly cleaning that bathtub, and then Ellie takes a bath, and there's like a dirt ring, and I didn't even know this was actually a thing that could happen.、Mm-hmm. But for a girl that likes to play in the dirt all the time, <laughs> play in the mud, like anything like that, like the more dirty possible she can, head to toe. If there's a ring, yeah. Yep, I'm not getting rid of my bathtub. I don't care. <laughs>、um, and- we're not much for baths, but I mean, we shower in a tub because the house was built in 1950, and that's just what everybody did. Yeah, right, right.、Uh, so finally, on Granny time,、uh, we referenced it before. Jen doesn't want everyone to see all her business if she dies unexpectedly, which I think is probably、mm-hmm. smart. Well, that's what I have. This is a from Adam Carolla. He said he wanted to start a business where you, as soon as you die, someone comes into your house and takes away all of your embarrassing things,、yes. kills your thing on the internet, erases all your emails. That should really be a thing. Until that happens, I have a friend that knows all my like secret secret passwords. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. You need to plan ahead for this. You need to have a plan with a friend who will come over and throw this stuff away. It's a,、mm-hmm. it's a and delete your browser history. This is a thing.、Right. This is a porn buddy. Right. <laughs> this is a real thing. Well, I don't have much porn, but I mean anything. Well, but that's you know that's the general term.、Mm-hmm. But I think it encompasses anything、uh, private or delicate、mm-hmm. or unfortunate. Right. You know. Yeah, I mean, I had to go through three of my boss's houses after he died.、Ugh. There was some stuff. I- <laughs> Because I was that person, I had to clear it out before his daughters could see it. Oh, that、yeah. was a good thing that you did then. Yeah, they probably、yeah. don't want to think that way about their dad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't want.、To. Lots of naked pictures for an eighty-five-year-old man.、Ugh. That's all I have to say. Oh, <laughs> well, oh know, great! Reality check. Yeah. <laughs> We learn at this point, and I'm going to just mention it briefly that Luke still flushes wipes. And、I know that makes、surprised? Phyllis mad. This makes me mad too. We already <laughs> talked about this when he had his plumbing he, disaster. He had Chris on、yeah. the show to talk about it. He acted so surprised that you can just throw him away. Oh, what? Well, <laughs> also he ruined his bathroom、yeah. and his basement、yeah. from doing it. Yeah, apparently that old faithful geyser of shit wipes <laughs> that he、didn't, experienced once wasn't enough. Didn't make that big of an impact on him. Well, you know, blow up the toilet and then move on to the next residence. I guess, I guess that's why they had to sell、so. that house. <laughs>、um, we go into some recommendations on it's pretty cool, 
Jen has a whole bunch of Netflix documentary recommendations, none of which I've seen. I know. I want to watch the marathon one. Yeah. I know. I do, too. Uh, they talk a little bit about uh, late night hosts. I forgot how much they used to talk about late night when Jen was on the show because that's so mm-hmm. her thing. And they yeah. talked about how they think James Corden is doing and how Colbert is doing. And so that was a nice um, blast from the past. Does anybody watch any late night stuff? No, no, I do like her whenever something goes viral. I'll watch the video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We throw it on once in a while, but it's just it tends to be whatever news we're watching and then whatever it drifts into. Yeah, you know? I do like I like mm-hmm. James Corden, that carpool karaoke that's oh all over YouTube. That that's great. So great. He's really fun. Mm-hmm. And we get a couple of recommendations from Luke. Mostly he's watching the Ken Burns National Parks documentary, and he learned that you can't listen to that as an audio program. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really good. If, if you guys haven't watched it, um, it's really good. It's, it's breathtaking. Uh, worth watching. And he's finally watching Horace and Pete. That's the Louis C.K. show, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Which I haven't watched, and I probably will never get around to watching, but I'm sure mm-hmm. it's great. And that takes us to the end of Thursday. All right. Friday, 2114, Q-tip cheat day. Good title. <laughs> um, so I was really happy to hear that Genevieve would be on this episode, and she even acknowledges that we've reached peak Genevieve. She is just <laughs> taking over the podcast right now. So she's on. She's, got, of course, got after these messages, and she's the third, third? Mm-hmm. Grape, ungrape, uh, grapes of red. Um, I also love that she told Andrew just straight out she doesn't read his tweets. That was really fun. <laughs> um, they start out uh, early on because we, we need to get to know Genevieve. That we, we, He thought the best way to do this was for her to take a 90s quiz about who her 90s heartthrob would be. Um, <laughs> Seems reasonable. Yeah, that's a good way to get to know some people. And yeah. they decided to put two princes underneath it as audio spackle. So that was also fun. And it, I thought it was strange that Andrew took it for her and then had her take it herself. <laughs> I'm not sure what the purpose of that was. But um, so I took the quiz. I found it online and I got Jared Leto. So did I. And it made me really sad. I like Jared Leto. Why don't you like him? Really? Who would you have? Would you rather have? Um, I don't know all the answers to that. Um, but if it was even just someone within the my so-called life, I would have wanted um, Brian Krakow. Oh, oh, I was a huge Brian fan. Okay. Hmm. And uh, did you take the quiz? I did. I got uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. My answers to the quiz were almost the same as Genevieve's, and I thought that this was an unfortunate conclusion because he is just a wee little peanut of a yeah. fella, yeah. and I am a very tall lady, and <laughs> I'm not particularly hung up on dating shorter guys. But I thought this was just a little too much. Yeah. I mean, I bet he's as tall as me. I'm five four. Yeah, I'm six feet. Yeah, with he- with heels, no, yeah. no, that can't happen. Um, also, just I thought it was weird because one of the answers I put was that I after school I read books. Is that what you guys put? Yes, uh-huh. I actually put um, none of the above. I had a couple. I felt bad about it because I felt like I was cheating, but it was just honesty. I would have been outside playing after school, and that wasn't an option. I guess I would have been at work. I think I put none of these, too, because I always went to work right after school. Yeah. Right. That was not an well, option. Uh, because Jordan Catalano was um, illiterate. Do you remember? 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that made me oh, even yeah. more mad. Well, you would be reading to him. That I guess reading to him. Tutoring him. I got a, I got a little bit too too into the quiz I think, but I mean honestly it would have been Pacey Witter from Dawson's Creek, but I think they only had James Vanderbeek. Yeah, and Andrew well, took it for Genevieve, and then the result was James Vanderbeek, and I think Phyllis right. got James Vanderbeek too. I think so. I want to know how many um, possibles there were because some people right. took it on the sense page, and so we had uh, Jared Leto, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Uh, James Vanderbeek, Luke Perry, anybody else? I thought for sure, like Mark Paul so Gosler like would show up guys? there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Um, I got Luke Perry, which makes perfect sense to me, because <laughs> I think we would be very happy together in his hotel, living in his hotel. Absolutely, such a bad boy. The irony that I thought was I didn't. Um, I the show that I picked was Saved by the Bell. Me too. Right, and so. I feel like that would have been a point against Luke Perry. Yeah. Well, also that should have been where the quiz goes to someone from that show. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I picked my so-called life and got Jared Leto. So that I figured like, why did you ask me any of those other questions? Right. Well, I picked Dawson's Creek and got Jared Leto. Huh. So it doesn't. And I kept taking it over and over again <laughs> just to not get him. So also uh, Genevieve's point of, They've intermixed the character with the actual person. Yes. Right. Because they should have put the character's name because the traits they read back were the character and not that actual person. Right. right. If I go back and pick Growing Pains, is there any chance that I can get Alan Thick? <laughs> well, no one wants Mike Seaver, that's for sure. All right. Theodore Murray will not stop yelling. He's just caterwauling nonstop since he had his venture outside. Um, he tasted freedom. He did, and now he wants to go outside. I, that's kind of why I never, ever, ever want to let a cat outside again, because they will do this. They'll get obsessed with going out. I have one cat who tries to sneak out the door every time it's open, um, and she's the one who got it. We had to take her to the emergency vet because she got an owie when she went outside on accident. Aww. So it's just terrible, but I, I don't think he's sick or demented. I think he's just been spoiled now that he yeah. got a taste of freedom. Um, I have a cat who does this. He's also old. He's 16. Um, but he does it when he's a very dignified cat. Like he just lays around and looks pretty. He doesn't play with toys. He does not (laughs) run around. He's, that would be undignified. Um, but every once in a while he'll get overtaken by a catnip toy. Like he'll just come across it and then he'll start to yowl and it sounds like he's dying. Like, the first couple times he did it, I was like, oh, no, this cat doesn't do this. What's happening? Like, is he having a stroke or something? <laughs> it was just him eating a catnip toy. So, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think Theo's fine. What do you guys think? I think he's fine, and I think that her idea to make him a little outdoor space would help. Yeah, I don't know if her – I'm sure the cat will just jump over her if it's not mm-hmm. fully enclosed, though. That made me worried. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a cat porch is a great idea. Yeah, when we lived in a – I've told the story of Cupcake escaping. Um, Before that, though, we used to let her out on the little tiny deck that we had on our top floor apartment. And as long as there wasn't furniture for her to to have to climb out, uh, it was great for her. She got to lay in the sun and get some fresh air and see birds fly by. Although that might have been a little bit of torture because she couldn't actually chase them at all. Right. Uh, But she certainly enjoyed laying out on the warm, you know, warm wood of the deck on a summer afternoon. Mm Mm-hmm. I've got these things that stick to the window. They're like little cat beds 
and uh, they like to be up. Cats like to be up high, and they like to look out at the birds and be in the sun. And so there's two in the house that they fight over because uh, they're like prime. It's like cat TV, you know. <laughs> they get to be in the sun. So, all right. Our dazzling donor for Friday was Kathleen, who didn't write anything. So Andrew just kind of creeped on her Facebook page and made up a bunch of stuff about her. <laughs> I thought that was an interesting tactic. That's, Thanks, Kathleen. That's amazing. And then we move on to the story about mismatched attractiveness couples. Um, Genevieve thinks that she and Andrew are evenly matched and that he's her type, which I thought was a really sweet mm-hmm. yeah. thing to say. Um, although she did say that she takes care of herself more than he does. <laughs> <laughs> but that's probably across the board the case with all women. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's just a gender thing. I mean, I don't think there's any shock that Sam takes better care of herself primping and pruning than I do. Mm-hmm. But also then as soon as he started taking care of himself... Like if he, what did he, what she said, threaded his eyebrows, he's instantly not her type anymore. Yeah. Because then he's like that douchebag metrosexual. too high maintenance at that point. Yeah. 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 That's different standards for sure. Um, And then I thought it was interesting that people who have been friends for a long time tend to be mismatched, which then the attractiveness stops mattering so much and you're attracted to the person's personality. That's kind of how I took it. You can see that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think I mentioned this in the chat before we started but isn't that the plot of so many like teen <laughs> romance movies like it turns out you're really in love with the nerd that was trying to be your best friend the whole time mm-hmm. right no but it's because she's secretly hot when she takes the glasses yeah, off well, that's it's true. not that, that it stops yeah. mattering it's that she was secretly hot all along that's she just has to too, take her hair down yeah. and walk up some stairs and so once you go. Uh, hair down glasses off and then suddenly mm-hmm. yeah well, it's kind of like what Clark Kent. No one knew he was Superman, but he puts his glasses on and takes them off. <laughs> Looks exactly the same. One little note from this episode: Andrew, Grandpa Andrew, doesn't like the iPhone dating. Thinks we should all meet people at a picnic. <laughs> I don't think online I, dating is all that different than in real life dating. No. no, no, but but I have also done the thing like Genevieve is where I get my single friends to download Tinder so I can quote unquote play on it. <laughs> What do you mean, quote, It is unquote. pretty fun. <laughs> well, because it, they have it set up like it's a video game, and if you try to go out, they say, do you want to keep playing? Wow. But you're, you're like, judging people by their looks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, quickly. your pool is a lot larger now. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, people should go back to the uh, archives of both the Takedown podcast and Nerd Out Loud for episodes revolving around online dating and Tinder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know from the takedown archives, it's the episode titled Tinder is the Night. I cannot remember <laughs> what the uh, NOL, I know, well, I mean, I know it's come up several times under it out loud through the years, but um, swipe right. We'll check. And if I'm smart yeah. enough, uh, I will try to get it in the show notes. Just <laughs> yeah. uh, note now, I'm sure neither of those are children appropriate. No, no. Right. For sure. <laughs> Moving on to earwax talk. Ugh. This was disgusting mm. to listen to. Um, but Andrew stopped using Q-tips since his ear infection debacles, which is probably good. Um, well, at I, least I, he's taking some advice from the doctor. Yeah, yeah, that's one thing, I guess. Uh, he won't stop smoking. He won't eat better. <laughs> <laughs> but he will stop using Q-tips most of the time, except for on his cheat days. Um, I, I also don't like the feeling of water in my ears, but you can mm-hmm. just use the Q-tip on the outside of your ear. You don't have to jam it in there. Right. Um, and also, I just have to mention, candling is ear candling is bullshit sorry Aiden yeah. it is not useful it doesn't work and it can be dangerous it's actually killed somebody by setting them on fire 
So please don't what? do that. Yep, there's one case where of a death from that. Wow. Yep. Yeah, don't do it. It's terrible. All it does is just melt wax. And then, yeah, of course there's going to be something there because it's melted candle wax. So right. don't do that. Um, they talk about hydrogen peroxide in the ears, um, which I've done. That feels nice. I don't know if it does anything, Mm-mm. but it feels kind of cool. Um, and then you make a little science volcano in your ear with baking soda and vinegar. <laughs> that must be really fun. I haven't tried that. Uh, we get an email uh, from Kate in Brooklyn about a really strange story where her mother and her aunt, was that it, came up with the word scrumtiliumptious or something like that? I wrote down scrumdilicious. Scrumdilicious. Yeah, because yes. of the dilly in it. Right. Okay. For Dairy Queen. And as a reward, they got a monkey. Um, I think this is Worst award up. ever. <laughs> I think this you is don't... fake. I also tried to Google it. I mean, I know it was a while ago, but the, that stuff, there's usually some sort of web evidence. Um, and I couldn't find a single thing about it. What do you guys think? I don't know. It feels like something weird that would happen in the 70s. But I, I, I have so many questions. I just have too many questions. <laughs> the details seem too foggy on some, something that significant. Right. Well, the thought was that they were looking back at it sort of the way they wanted to remember it. And that might be some of the problem. Yeah. Because... It was also a sad story. I mean, what a terrible right. thing. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, we get another uh, email talking about batteries because Andrew's still obsessed with how many batteries the government uses. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so we get some confirmation from someone who talks about f- uh, firefighters using uh, eight AAA batteries every eight hours for their uh, radios. That's crazy. Astounding. Yes. There's got to be a better way. This is That's nuts. Rechargeable so, radios, rechargeable batteries. Maybe Andrew's onto something. Next Maybe we need to phones. dig into this. Next telephone. <laughs> Push to talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I miss that beep sound. Moving on to music for your weekend, we get uh, some bulletproof from Genevieve, uh, the cloud room from Andrew, and uh, listener music for your weekend with Sydney and Philly, who gave us a song called That Kind of Girl from All Dogs. I hadn't heard any of these three songs, and I thought they were all really good. So I thought that was I a agree. nice music for your weekend. And if you listen to the end of this episode, you get a weird little ad for a new NPR show called The Uncertain Hour. Did oh. anyone hear that? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't take a note of it, though. I really, yeah. I've been, <laughs> it's thrown me off that the, the Easter eggs have been with an ad after them the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm going to sharpshoot you on music for your weekend. It was actually LaRue's Sexothique. Oh, really? Um oh. They talk about Bulletproof, and that was the song that inspired Genevieve to explore more of the LaRue ah, catalog. Got it. And Sexo Thief was the uh, song that she brought. Sexo to... I wrote Sexotech. Sexotech? Maybe it's Sexotech. I'm, I'm oh, reading boy. it now and just didn't remember. Do we have anything else on Friday? Um, I want to make a general note about Friday. I mentioned at the beginning of the show. Uh, so Sam is not a 10. She is not an 11. She gives me my distance with TVTL for the most part. <laughs> but because we were camping this weekend and she knew that we were recording this morning. I never got around to throwing in my earbuds and listening to Friday's show. I had gotten about 10 minutes in before we left for the trip. So we listened to from about cat talk on to today's show in the car. And when they got to the top story about mismatched couples and then went on their very long tangent, Sam turned to me while we were driving and said, when are they going to get back to the story? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, 70% 70% of the time, they don't. That's part of the charm. 
of TBTL. And so she just said to me, so you expect to be disappointed? <laughs> New and TBTL tagline? That pretty much yeah. summarized TBTL <laughs> for me. Disappointed. I love it. <laughs> TBTL is about the journey, not the destination, right? Yeah. Right. right. That's right. Well, and also they will probably get back to the story maybe in days or weeks or months right. or maybe, maybe. maybe well i was telling her about how stuff will get teased at the top of the show and then just never mm. you know you get derailed by something like luke's diet and, <laughs> right mm -hmm. who knows or insecurities in general uh so i don't know if this means i'm going to be turning her into a 10 or not i have to decide if i should play for her a real luke and andrew tbtl or not she doesn't sound thrilled well, yeah, exactly. But she listened, and she was interested in the stories that they picked. I thought that Andrew really produced Friday's show more mm -hmm. like a talk radio episode than than they've had in a while. Like, there was the quiz, and then mm -hmm. stories sort of queued up in the chamber. And uh, I think because when he hosts, he over-prepares a lot more than Luke does. Mm -hmm. um, it was a much more formatted show. Yeah. Well, and Genevieve stayed on point. Well, yes. yeah, for the most <laughs> part. She's great vh1 rocker that she is somebody put on the stens page that they enjoyed having the lady guests on the show and i i agree yeah it's a mm -hmm. nice change of pace yes yeah so that's it okay nobody signed up for housekeeping so i'll take it uh christy do you have a jet i'm gonna take it by throwing to you immediately christy do you have <laughs> um, an archive update for us um we need people to keep archiving um right now Good we're update. we just <laughs> we just got into 2016, which is exciting. Um, we still have uh, ev like 50 people in 2015, so it's not that exciting. But um, a l it's it is disappointing for some people to they say it's almost like time banditing because it's already like it's pretty current. They've already heard it. So if you are wanting to sign up for the archive but want to hear older shows i can put you on a special project of the radio days yeah so there's that o operation we're almost we see the light at the end of the tunnel untangle that mess the radio days yeah, yeah. and mike has archived one day so that's that <laughs> i'll keep you i'll keep you updated with his progress is there a trophy for that <laughs> Between him and Kevin Farewell, if they finish a week, I don't know what I'll do. They'll get a special prize. <laughs> uh, on to the TVTL Live show, Saturday, June 11th. I'm doing this from memory. Yes. At yeah. St. Paul, uh, at the American Legion in St. Paul, Minnesota. Tickets are, I believe, $10 a piece and available through TVTL.net. I, I took a look at the website for the American Legion where this is happening a couple of weeks ago. and I did, too. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people have. I bet their hit counter is going through the roof. <laughs> um, they specifically note their hall seats up to 250 people, but you have to imagine that some of that room will be knocked out for the setup. So right. it's probably going to be pretty crowded. I do see a nice array of of um, uh, dated vintage, let's say, uh, uh, banquet chairs, um, the newer lightweight folding uh, banquet tables, and... Uh, at least a couple of um, chandeliers hanging from the drop ceiling. So uh, <laughs> this is going to be a party. Oh, fancy. Definitely get your tickets uh, and go. And if you want to see the picture, search, search for uh, Arcade Phelan American Legion Post 577 St. Paul, Minnesota for the website. Better than Legion 576. Right. right. One better. One better. <laughs> One better. Um, 
And conversely, if you're in the Seattle area and not attending the live event on the same day, June 11th, uh, there's going to be a lard butt 1K race. <laughs> um, Sounds about more my and, speed. I know, right? So every, I think, 250 feet, there's donut stops. <laughs> oh, no. A beer garden before and after. <laughs> and um, Marcy is putting together a TBTL team. There's a really cool t-shirt if you go on the Stens page that um, Megan or Megan has designed. It's it's pretty awesome. And they're trying to find a team name. So you should definitely join that if you're going to. I mean, 1K is not even a mile, right? No. <laughs> so anyone can do a 1K. Just be careful. Let's donut. not forget what happened at the Krispy Kreme race. <laughs> Never forget. <sighs> Point six and also miles. the t-shirts are going to be available not running too i think they're going to be twenty dollars <laughs> and they're pretty great how embarrassing is it if you wear a lard butt 1k t-shirt and then have to confess that you didn't even run the 1k <laughs> right well no i don't think hers says anything about the 1k okay. it's all tbtl related Got it. like there's tacos on it and wine and it's pretty great i really love the one that includes the fish sandwich Yep, the fish sandwich, the wine, a hot dog story. A taco. Yeah. God, I so hope a simple this... word is intentionally misspelled. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us online at littleredbandwagon.com, on Facebook at our page, Little Red Bandwagon, and with guest appearances in the Stens page. Twitter's Christie's at Kissy Eyes, K I S S I E Y E S, Meredith's at Meredith underscore M A H A N. Mike, who's off this week, is at Drew McFrizz. I'm at RL Pape. And Anne isn't on Twitter, but you can go friend her on Facebook. And the easiest way to do that is to go to littleredbandwagon.com slash friend and producer Jeremy is on Twitter at Dadstronaut. And if you heard the intro to our Friday episode featuring him and Ellie, feel free to tweet at him just how much you cried. Our show Twitter <laughs> is LRB Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Tell me what TV I should be watching. You can also do that by voicemail. Yo, this is Wagoneer Lauren. Word on the street is the LRB isn't getting many voicemails. And it's probably because their number doesn't have a catchy jingle. So I wrote a rap about it. Well, my name is Lauren and I'm here to say the LRB needs your calls in a major way. You've got Meredith and Bobby and Mike Frizzell. And while Christy's on sabbatical, there's Anne as well. They're all patiently waiting for the phone to ring with your episode submissions. It don't cost a thing. Just dial 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-TBTL. 802-432-TBTL. 8285 is the last four digits if you dummies can't spell. Peace. And this week on Nerd Out Loud, Christy? We haven't recorded it yet, so something awesome and everyone should listen. <laughs> but it's episode 93. Is that a face tattoo or a birthmark? We're at two friends that are that we're currently tendering <laughs> and you should and put it in the show notes because the pictures they sent us actual pictures from tinder that they had either swiped right or at least screenshot and uh you should look at help that. us encourage what must be a violation of tinder's terms <laughs> <laughs> terms of use by going to listen to nerd out loud number 93 and the excellent episode that i'm sure is going to be recorded this evening hopefully before everybody gets sleepy uh, and with that, Christy, we haven't done this, you and me, in a while. Get us out of here. Um, I don't, I almost don't remember what to say. Okay, until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jen. Nailed it.
You don't win friends with salad. 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 I didn't mean to take sides. I just got caught up in the rhythm.